scripture this morning is found in Mark chapter 5, I believe, verse 1 through 9. Just double check, 1 through 9. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, unto the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus, afar off he ran and he worshipped him, and he cried with a loud voice. And he said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, Jesus asked the man, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Blessed Sabbath. I'd like to thank the Jones family for that message and song. God truly is amazing, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, we're living in a solemn time. Each day, each week, each month is drawing us closer to our Lord and Savior. I don't have to tell you that each week, each day that you watch the news, you see something tragic that touches your heart and says, Jesus, how long? We're in a great war, brothers and sisters. The title is Legion, for we are many. Why is it that we are in this great conflict? The Bible is going to tell us today. And we're going to have to make some sound decisions. There's no time to be playing, brothers and sisters. The enemy of souls is not playing. He's playing for his soul's salvation. 
He does not want to die. He's playing for keeps, brothers and sisters. His game plan is to make sure that none of us in this room will be connected with Jesus. And if he can accomplish that, he thinks that he can go back to the bargaining table with Christ and say, none of those could keep your law. But as the song that was sung this morning, amazing love. What amazing love that our Savior would come to this earth and prove to the devil that I will have a people. We know the end of the story, brothers and sisters. We are on the winning side. But as we look at what is before us, let us keep our eyes on the prize. Let us pray. Father in heaven, as we are about to embark upon this study, I ask, Lord, that you would bless us mightily with your Holy Spirit. Touch each one of our hearts this morning, including the speaker. That is no time to be playing games. But, Lord, that we may be of the five virgins who had their oil in their lamps. And so, Lord, we are asking that you pour out your spirit upon us this morning. And we thank you for hearing and we thank you for answering. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us turn our Bibles to the book of Hosea, chapter 4. The book of Hosea, chapter 4, very familiar passage. In the book of Hosea, Chapter 4. In Hosea chapter 4, the Bible says in verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for what? For a lack of knowledge. Now, is Hosea speaking to those out there, or is Hosea speaking to those in here? I heard Chuck. Is Hosea speaking to those out there, or is Hosea speaking to those in here? He goes on to say, because thou hast what? Rejected knowledge, I will also do what? Reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten what? The law of God, I will also what? Forget thy children. 
Here Hosea tells us that his people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now, if Hosea is speaking to the people in the church, there was a time, brothers and sisters, when the pioneers were on the scene, that this church was known as what? The people of the the book. This church used to be known as the people of the book. But now fast forward to 2023. Is this church still known as the people of the book? Hosea says, because thou has rejected what? Knowledge. Where is the knowledge that we are rejecting? His word. He says, I will also reject thee that thou shalt not be priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. Hosea is not just saying that haphazardly, brothers and sisters. Have we forgotten the law of our God? Are we keeping God's law? Are we keeping the Sabbath holy? Are we truly honoring God on his holy Sabbath day? When we leave the church today, are we going out doing activities that should be set aside for another day? Hosea says that because we're not keeping God's law. Well, brothers and sisters, he says, I will also forget thy children. God means what he says, brothers and sisters. There has to be some cooperation with God if we plan on God saving our children. Brothers and sisters, our lives reflect on what the account of our children may come out to be. What is this great battle that planet Earth is embarked in? Talk to me, church. Who said that? The great controversy. We're in a great controversy, brothers and sisters. And the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, go with me there. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, you're familiar with it. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9, the Bible tells us, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called who? And Satan, which deceive, deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his what? Were cast out with him. Now in Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, the Bible tells us that therefore, Rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe 
to what? And of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he have what? Satan's game plan is to keep us in spiritual darkness. And he's also planning to keep us in an unrepented state. And if he can do that, brothers and sisters, he believes that he would have a chance to win the great controversy. The Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah chapter 60, turn there, Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 60, Verse 1. I'm sorry, verse 2. It says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and what? Gross darkness, the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Look at number one in your handout. Does everyone have a handout? Listen to what it says. It says, for centuries... Preceding Christ's first advent, darkness covered the earth and gross darkness the people. Satan was throwing his hellish shadow athrop the pathway of men that he might prevent them from gaining a knowledge of God and of the future world. Multitudes were sitting in the shadow of death. Their only hope was for this gloom to be lifted that God might do what? Be revealed. God gives us, brothers and sisters, he gives us the thoughts of Lucifer. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 14, turn with me there. Isaiah chapter 14, God gives us the thoughts of Lucifer. And listen to what he says in Isaiah chapter 14, starting with verse 12. He says, How art thou falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend unto heaven, I will exalt my throne above what? The stars of God. I will set also on the mount of the congregation in the sides of where? I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like who? This is the plan that 
formulated in this diabolical being's mind that started the war in heaven. This being thought that he was able to be able to take God off his throne. That is diabolical, brothers and sisters. And so here we see that we are in a great controversy. This being was cast down, the Bible tells us, to where? The earth. And this being now has started the war that started in heaven. It is conducted continually where? Here. And the Bible told us, the Bible warned us, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. Now, when you hear the word woe, what does that mean to you? Be aware. Be vigilant. Here God is telling us that we need to be vigilant because there is a being that I created and we're told, brothers and sisters, that in the spirit of prophecy tells us that if it were possible, listen, listen to me good, if it were possible to create a God, Lucifer would be it. That shows you that this being is nothing to be played with. And so God warns us, he says, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth, because the devil is coming down with great wrath, because he knows that he has what? A short time. God is reiterating, trying to get our attention. Over and over and over because of his amazing love for us. He keeps sharing the same thing over and over. Trying to woo us. To wake us out of our slumber. This amazing love, brothers and sisters, has so much patience for us. The Bible tells us, look at number two in your handout. It says here, Satan employs every possible what? To prevent men from obtaining a knowledge of the Bible. Do you see it? Brothers and sisters, when the cell phone came out, I believe this was one of Satan's master plans. Whoever he gave that knowledge to, whoever Satan gave that knowledge to, to create this device to draw people away from God. The quotation says, Satan employs every possible device to prevent men from obtaining a knowledge of God. He didn't develop that device 
just for you to have a good time and to be occupied? Oh, yes, he wants you to be occupied, but not in the word of God. It goes on to say, for it's plain utterance reveal his deceptions. His plain utterance reveals his deceptions. Brothers and sisters, I was once in the world. And I had not a clue that I was in a world polluted with unclean spirits. I had not a clue that because of the mercy of God protecting me when I was out there acting a fool, I didn't know that God was protecting me from unseen, unseen villains. I did not know that through God's great mercy, one day, one day, he would pluck, he would pluck me out of the world. And to bring me into this marvelous truth. Until brothers and sisters I picked up the Bible. I could not see that mastermind. Trying to destroy me. Mentally. Physically. Spiritually. Emotionally. I could not see it. This is why she says. That. For its plain utterance revealed, revealed his deceptions. She goes on to say, the last great delusion is soon to open before us. Antichrist is to perform his marvelous works in our sight. So closely will the counterfeit resemble the true that it will be impossible to distinguish between them except by the holy what? Scriptures. By their testimony, every statement and every miracle must be what? Must be tested. Do you see, brothers and sisters, why we must be the people of the book? Because most churches, most churches that are in this town and any other town, when Satan performs this, they're going to believe that it is really him. They're going to believe that that is really Satan. But the Bible clearly, plainly tells us how Christ will return. Is that, is that not true? Is that, is that true? The Bible clearly tells us, but it says that these miracles will counterfeit, will the counterfeit resemble the truth that it will be impossible to distinguish between them except by the Holy Scriptures. This is why, brothers and sisters, we cannot allow the enemy to draw us away from God's word. Not at this time in earth's history. Whatever we have to do, whatever we have to put aside, whatever we have to 
to do, to take time, to spend time with Christ, we better do it, brothers and sisters. Because tomorrow is not promised to us. There are five ways the devil is attacking us. He's attacking us mentally. He's attacking us emotionally. He's attacking us socially. He's attacking us financially. And he's attacking us spiritually. And none of us should be ignorant of his devices. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, turn with me there, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 11. Are we there? The Bible says, lest Satan should get, what, an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of what? His devices. Paul says that Satan, we should not allow the enemy to get an advantage over us because we should not be what? Ignorant of his devices. Now, that may have been a time when we were ignorant of his devices. But that should not be today, brothers and sisters. Number three says in your handout, none are in greater danger from the influence of evil spirits than those who, notwithstanding the direct and ample testimony of the scriptures, deny the existence and agency of the devil and his angels. So long as we are ignorant of their wiles, they have almost inconceivable advantage. Many give heed to their suggestions while they suppose themselves to be following the dictates of their own wisdom. That's interesting. You know, these beings, brothers and sisters, we are fighting against, we can't see. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know, we can, these beings can suggest, can suggest something to you. Like, don't bring that preacher to this. Don't, don't, don't bring that preacher here. He can, he can suggest something in a meeting. And he would say to that person, don't bring that speaker here. And you would think that that's your voice saying that. It says, this is why as we approach the close of time when Satan is to work with the greatest power to deceive and destroy, he spreads everywhere the belief that he does not what? It is his policy 
to conceal himself in his manner of working. Now, I hope nobody here don't believe that Satan doesn't exist. Because clearly the Bible will show us that he does exist. Number four says, there is a growing tendency to believe in the existence of evil spirits. They are regarded by many as spirits of the dead. But the scripture not only teach the existence of angels, both good and evil, but presents unquestionable, unquestionable proof that there are not that these are not disembodied spirits of dead men. How do the scriptures often refer to fallen angels or demons? Well, in 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 9, it refers to them as evil spirits. It says, the evil spirits from the Lord was upon Saul as he sat in the house with his javelin in his hand, and David played with his hand. In Acts chapter 5, verse 16, it refers to them as unclean spirits. It says, There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. In Mark chapter 9, verse 25, it refers to them as foul spirits. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, it refers to them as seducing spirits. Now the spirit speaketh expressly, that's the Holy Spirit, that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to who? Seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. It refers to them in James chapter 2, verse 19, as devils. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. In Luke chapter 4, verse 33, it refers to them as unclean devils. And in the synagogue, there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice. The Bible points out also several things about demons and what they are. It says here, it points out their number. Their numbers. In the book of Revelation, turn with me there. Revelation chapter 12, verse 4. In the book of Revelation chapter 12, <clears throat> verse 4, it says here, And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. Now, what is his tail? Talk to me, church. His lies. You remember back in the day? I, well, I can remember back in the day where if you told a lie when you were a kid, they said, oh, you told a tale? 
Do you remember that? His lies drew a third part. The Bible tells us that the, in Psalm 68, verse 17, that the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. So if he drew a third of a number that is unnumerable, that is a lot of angels, brothers and sisters. And some commentaries say that the angels outnumber us seven to one. That is a lot of angels. Also, another point that the Bible points out about these angels is their confederacy. Their confederacy. In Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4 and verse 34, the Bible tells us this. <clears throat> that saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to, uh, art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. Notice it says, let us alone. In Mark chapter 5, verse 9, it says, And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. You know, brothers and sisters, I wondered, how is it that Satan was able to spare 6,000 demons for one person? That's one person. When Christ asked the demon what was his name, he said his name was Legion. For we are many. Brothers and sisters, by God's grace, I don't want to be what's the word I'm looking for? Possessed by one demon. Can you imagine to be possessed by 6,000 demons? I can't even imagine that, brothers and sisters. It says here on number five, a handout, it says, evil angels are leagued together for the dishonor of God and the destruction of men. They're not fighting against one another. It says, united with Satan in his rebellion and with him cast out from heaven, they have through all succeeding ages cooperated with him in his warfare against the divine authority. So we see that these evil angels and Satan are confederate together. They work together. They're not working against one another. They are trying to keep us 
disorganized. And we see also, too, that they have organization. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 40. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 40. The Bible says, let all things be done, what? Decently and in order. And in Luke chapter 11, verse 17 and 18, Luke chapter 11, the Bible tells us, but he knoweth, but he knowing their thoughts said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And a house divided against a house faulted. It goes on to say, if Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Satan took two things, brothers and sisters, from heaven when he was fallen. One was he took a third of the angels. And two, he took the power of organization. Satan has a highly organized kingdom. This is why, brothers and sisters, it seems as though he can be everywhere at the same time. But is Satan omnipresent? No, he's not. But because he has what? organization. Thank you, Chuck. He has a system, brothers and sisters, and he took that system from heaven. It says here in Councils on Health 101, you don't have this one, it says, order is heaven's first law. Order is heaven's first law. So Satan brought organization from heaven here. This is why he can do so much destruction and cause so much havoc in the world because he has organization. And his whole game plan is to keep the remnant church disorganized. This is why it seems as though our church is in such array, brothers and sisters, because the devil knows that this church I have to take out. And if I can keep them disorganized, our kingdom would be safe. But we do know the end of the story, right? Number six in your handout says, Satan well knows that success can only attend order and harmonious what? He well knows that everything connected with heaven is in perfect what? That subjections and perfect discipline mark the movements of the angelic hosts. It is his studied effort to lead who? Professed Christians just as far from heaven's arrangement as he can. Do you see the great controversy, brothers and sisters? It says here, Therefore, 
He deceives even the professed people of God and make them believe that order and discipline are enemies to spirituality. That the only safety for them is to set each, is to let each pursue his own course and to remain especially distinct from the bodies of Christ, um, Christians. Hold on, brothers and sisters. I can't see. (laughs) It says here that the only safety for them is to let each pursue his own course and to remain especially distinct from the bodies of Christians who are united and are laboring to establish what? Discipline and harmony of action. This is why, brothers and sisters, you see so many different churches branching off from the Seventh-day Adventist church. Offshoots here and there. Why? Because she says they don't want order or discipline. They want to run their church the way they want to run it. But the Seventh-day Adventist church has been set up in a way of order, brothers and sisters, because heaven is order. So there is no time, brothers and sisters, for you to be jumping off this ship because this ship is going to go through. And this is no time, brothers and sisters, I encourage you not to be even watching those ministries. Don't be watching those, those ministries. Don't watch those offshoots that are out of the church. This is where God's working is right here in the Seventh-day Adventist church. And feeble as it may be, we are told that this church is going to go through. We have a perfect system. But we have imperfect people in it. But God is able, brothers and sisters, to do what? To get us in line. All we have to do is what? Cooperate. Cooperate with him. This is why, brothers and sisters, we can't be listening. We have to be careful what we lend our ears to. What we lend our eyes to. What we lend our mouth to. We have to be careful, brothers and sisters, because we are in a war. You know, brothers and sisters, we're living in a time now where I was just talking to an employee yesterday at work. And she was saying how it seems that everything we put in our mouths will hurt us. She says, I can remember when I was young, you never, you all, the only time you heard of somebody that had cancer is they were in their 80s and they smoked all their life. Now, brothers and sisters, everybody has cancer. Children have cancer. And why is it, brothers and sisters? Because Satan has attacked it 
has attacked our food source. He knows, brothers and sisters, that if he can affect our food source, it would affect us. Brothers and sisters, I don't care what you eat today, pretty much. If you're not actually making it yourself or growing it yourself, Satan's hand is in it. That's a fact. Let's look at Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Let's look at Mark chapter 9. In the book of Mark chapter 9, this is an interesting story, brothers and sisters. In Mark chapter 9, starting with verse 14, the Bible says, And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? And one of the multitudes answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which have a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnashed with his teeth, and pined it away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Now, the question is, why is it that the disciples could not cast out that demon? Because that kind come out what? By prayer and fasting. Okay, I knew you was going to say that. Turn with me to Mark chapter 3 for a moment. Mark chapter 3. In Mark chapter 3, starting with verse 13, we're going to look at something interesting here. It says here, And he goeth up unto the mountain, and calleth unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. And he ordained how many? That they should be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach, and to have power to do what? Heal sicknesses and to do what? To cast out what? Devils. Question. Did they have the power to cast out devils? So why weren't they able to cast out that devil? They were doubters. Okay. Anybody else? Power of the Spirit. 
they weren't tapping into prayer and fasting. You own it, Katie. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In 1 Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we see something. Katie says they weren't tapping into the power of prayer. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting with verse 17. What does it say? Pray what? Without ceasing. Verse 18. And everything give what? For this is the will of who? In Christ. In Christ Jesus concerning you. Verse 19. What does it say? Quench not what? The spirit. The Bible says quench not the spirit. Now I want you to picture something here. This story that we're looking at here, Jesus was just coming off the mount of what? Transfiguration. The disciples, he took how many disciples with him? He took how many disciples with him up to the mount? He took three. He left nine down below, right? Now, I just want you to picture this. Picture Judas asking Philip, hey, Philip. Where is Peter, James, and John? I don't know. I think they went up on the mount with Jesus. Why is Jesus always taking Peter, James, and John and leaving us behind? Why is he always doing that? Now, brothers and sisters, What is beginning to develop if you have one planting the seed about his brethren? What is beginning to develop? What was the disciples' issue throughout their whole walk with Jesus? Who would be what? The greatest. Now, listen to this. They were now, Desire of Ages, page 432 says, a spirit of rivalry found a place in their hearts. Let me say it another way. A devil found a place in their heart. The Bible says, can Satan cast out Satan? And we were just told that the demons do not work against one another. So why is it that they couldn't cast out that demon? Because they had rivalry in their hearts. And if, you had, if they had rivalry in their heart, that means they had no what? Power to cast out the demon. 
Listen to what she says here. It says, this is in 5 BC, 1102. She says, Jesus knew when he permitted Judas to connect with him as one of the 12 that Judas was possessed of the demon of selfishness. The demon of selfishness. You know, brothers and sisters, we have to be very, very, very careful. Judas showed no signs of foaming from the mouth. No signs of mental capacity. He showed none of those signs. But yet, we're told that he had a demon of what? Selfishness. Let's look at another story. We're winding down. In Luke chapter 4, in Luke chapter 4, here's another story. Luke chapter 4, starting with verse 30, the Bible says, But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way and came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with what? And in the synagogue, in the church, there was a man which had a spirit of what? An unclean devil. And cried out with a loud voice, saying what? Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus did what? Rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all what? Amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power, he commanded the unclean spirits, and they come out. What lesson can we learn from this story? Here is a man in the synagogue on the Sabbath day that came to church with a devil. What lesson can we learn, brothers and sisters? One lesson we can learn, brothers and sisters, that if we got art with our brothers and sisters and we don't correct that art with our brothers and sisters, we can be bringing a demon to church with us every Sabbath. This is real, brothers and sisters. This is no game. Heaven is a place of order. Heaven also is a place of peace. And God wants his church to get in order with them so that 
his angels can work for us. Do you see it, brothers and sisters? We got to be very careful, brothers and sisters, that we're not coming to church every Sabbath, coming to Wednesday night prayer meetings, going to camp meetings and week of prayers, and still carrying with us a demon. No change. And the enemy is laughing. Keep them right there. He's not concerned with us coming to church every Sabbath if our hearts are not right. He's not concerned with you going to Wednesday night prayer meeting and week of prayers if your heart is not right. He encouraged you, go, go, go. But if your heart is not right, brothers and sisters, you're going to find yourself on the wrong side. Listen to number seven. We're closing. The secret cause of the affliction that had made this man a fearful spectacle to his friends and a burden to himself was his own what? His own life. He had been fascinated by the pleasures of what? And had thought to make life a grand carnival. He did not dream of becoming a terror to the world and the reproach of his family. He thought his time could be spent in what? Innocent folly. But once in the downward path, his feet rapidly descended. What's that word? Intemperance. And what's that other word? Perverted the noble attributes of his nature, and Satan took absolute control of him. Brothers and sisters, we can't compromise with intemperance. Some people believe that we can compromise with intemperance. The Bible says we have to be temperate in what? All things. If Satan can get us intemperate on appetite, you know, we're told that if we can get the victory over appetite, we can get the victory over what? Every other sin. Every other sin. Intemperance. There are certain things we shouldn't be putting in our mouth. It's not all right to have just a little this or a little that if it's harmful. Intemperance, brothers and sisters. Verse 8, I mean, number 8 says, Remorse came too late. Did I finish? Yeah, I did. Remorse came too late. When he would have sacrificed wealth and pleasure to regain his lost manhood, he had become what? Helpless in the grasp of the evil one, have mercy. He had placed himself on the enemy's ground, and Satan had taken what? Possession of all his faculties. The tempter had allured him 
with many charming presentations. But when once the wretched man was in his power, the fiend became relentless in his cruelty and terrible in his anger, angry visitations. So it will be with all who yield to evil the fascinating pleasure of their early career ends in the what? Darkness of despair or the madness of a ruined soul. Let that sink in, brothers and sisters. Let that sink in. We can't be compromising with sin. We can't be compromising with being intemperate. The Lord wants us solely, totally, entirely, he wants us to be his on his side. And the Bible clearly tells us in Jude that he is able to do what? Keep us from what? Slipping up. He said he will keep us from slipping up and then he says he will present us faultless. Do you want to be faultless this morning? Could you kneel with me as we pray? Father in heaven, we have taken a brief look at the attacks that the enemy is bringing up against your church. But Lord, we are grateful that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. And we're thankful, Father, that you have showed us the end of the story and that by every individual choice, we can choose to serve thee. And Lord, give us the strength. Make us willing to be made willing to do all in our power to serve you with all our might. We thank you, dear God, for your presence being with us this morning. We pray, O oh Father, that as we go throughout our Sabbath day, that we would meditate upon the things we heard today. And Lord, that we would make a sound decision. All to thee, Lord. We thank you, Father, for all that you're doing in our lives. And we thank you, Lord, for this time in earth's history that you allow us to be on the field of action. Bless us, dear God. Bless our ministries. Bless each one individually as we minister to our neighbors and co-workers and family members. Give us your spirit, Lord, to warn as many as we can. And Lord, as always, we're careful to give you the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.